Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, we've been uh, going on an earth walk. We've been working our way through Luke. And we saw in the first part of Luke the life of Jesus and really his ministry from chapter 4 all the way up to just the first part of chapter 6 where he's really introducing something new about himself. He's really introducing the reality that he is different. He's not here to make things patch up the old way of doing things, the old religious way of doing things. He's here to introduce something completely brand new. And, of course, when he does that, he's immediately attacked and he's immediately draws the anger of the religious folks because he's introducing something new. And so when we come to chapter 6, with starting at verse 20, through the end of the chapter, we, we have what is known as the Sermon on the Mount or the Sermon on the High Place or the mountaintop talk, whatever you want to call it. And in it, he's basically telling us what this new thing is, this new life that he wants us to live. And he really starts out talking about the blessings of desperation, because we're blessed because we have him. But if you're self-sufficient, there is woe for you. And so then he goes on and tells us how to live. Now we come to really the last part of this sermon, verse 46 through 49. And he's going to ask a question. And it's really, can I be honest with you, there's really no other way to say it. It's an in-your-face question. You know, there are questions. You know, there are questions where you kind of dodge around the issue a little bit. and You know, you just kind of ask a nice little question. Jesus isn't asking a nice question here. He is in your face with a question. So let's look at what he says. Look at verse 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently against the house, it could not shake it for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who has built a house on the earth without a foundation, and against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Here's what I want you to see, folks. We're going to see a couple things here. We're going to see a question. Of course, it's that in-your-face question. And then we're going to see his pronouncement. There's a pronouncement he wants to make. And then he's going to talk about what the foundation of our life should be. So let's kind of look here. But first, I want to remind you, we're kind of building to a crescendo here. All of this is building to something. The question is building to something. You say, what do you mean building to something? Well, let's go all the way back. Look at verse 27. But I say to you who hear, he's calling us to action here. What does he do? First thing he tells us to do is what? Love our enemies. Do good to those who do wrong to us. Treat others the way you want others to treat you. He then goes on beyond that and and talks about the fact that we need to what? Show mercy. 
Verse 36, therefore be merciful just as your Father is merciful. He gets to verse 37 and says, don't judge others. Don't look down on them. Don't condemn them. For you're going to be that way. Forgive as you've been forgiven. Give, he says. And why? Because the same measure that you do to others will be measured back to you. He goes on then and he says, look, who, who's your life reflecting? What teacher is there in your life? Because you're going to follow that teacher. Can the blind lead the blind? And he goes on and on and he tells us what our lives should be like. And so then last week he says, look, you can tell how a person is living and who they are by what comes out of their life, their character and their actions. And so now he comes to what is really a question. And in verse 45, you can't get any more direct than that. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? First thing I want you to see here is this. Jesus questions the reality of our faith. Jesus questions the reality of our faith. You understand something? When you talk about Lord here, what does that mean? The meaning of it is this. It means to commit oneself to a person and its teaching. When you describe someone as being your Lord or your Master, it means that you are committing your life to that person and his teaching. So Jesus is saying, why do you come to me and say, Lord, Lord? He's putting the emphasis there of someone who's saying, Lord, Lord. Someone who's saying, I'm really committed to you, Jesus. But he says, what? Wait a minute now. Why are you saying that when you don't do what I'm telling you to do? See, he's questioning the reality of faith. See, this, this really, this verse here, can I be honest with you, verse 46, is the verse for the North American church. So what do you mean, George? When you look at our nation, 300 million people, and a vast majority of them claim to be Christian, more, almost half claim to be born again, but then you look at the direction our, our nation is going in and the, and, the, and the fact that it's continuing to decline and continuing to have problems morality-wise, just in the area of morals. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. What do you mean something's wrong? Think about it. Jesus is saying to us, North Americans, why do you call me Lord and you don't do what I'm telling you to do? You don't even do the simple things I'm telling you to do. What are the simple things he's telling us to do? Folks, you just got to back up. Verse 27 all the way to verse 45. Love your neighbors. Show mercy. Give, don't judge, don't condemn, be merciful. Those are the things he's talking about here. He's not talking about this big list of stuff. He's just saying in these simple things, don't call me Lord. You're not doing them. He's questioning our faith. He's questioning the reality of our faith. That's, that's a very in-your-face thing to say, isn't it? In fact, I'll be honest with you, for most of us, we like that. We just like to assume, I prayed a prayer, I got baptized, I'm okay. Why are you asking me that question, George? I'm not the one asking the question. Jesus is asking the question. Why do you call me Lord and don't do the things I say? He goes on there. The other thing is, is he, he points out the contradiction in our actions. Here's what he's saying. In verse 46, you call me Lord, but you don't do what I'm saying. There's a contradiction there. He points out the contradiction in our actions. And folks, everybody else sees it. You say, what do you mean, George? 
Again, let's go back. What is the, what does, if the typical person in Kerwinsville, Clearfield area, if you were to say to them, hey, why don't you come to church with me, the typical answer is, I don't want to go there because church is filled with hypocrites. Now, guys, they didn't just make that up. They didn't just read that in the paper, church is filled with hypocrites. How do they know that? Because they interact with people who go to church. And here's what they see about people who go to church. They're what? Hypocrites. See, this is what Jesus is saying. Verse 46 is really a question of hypocrisy. You say one thing, Lord, Lord, but you do something completely different. My friends, that's a hypocrite. Telling, saying one thing, love you, Jesus, but living like hell over here. See, he's questioning our faith. He's pointing out the contradiction. And let's be honest, folks. If we're honest, if I'm honest, he's right. We are hypocrites. We do live contradictory lives. We say one thing, we live another way. Jesus is pointing that out. That's reality. That's the question. So then, you know, in fact, James points this out. James, you say, this is, is, this, is this New Testament? Oh, it's, it's, that's Jesus. It's, he's talking about later on. Listen to what James says. James chapter 2, verse 14 through 20. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith, but he does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith, I have my works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe there is one God? You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? That's what James is saying. Don't go around and say you have faith if you don't have a life to back it up. He even points out, I mean, he's very direct. He says, you know what, you say you believe in God? Wonderful. The demons say they believe in God, and believe me, they do. And they even tremble at his presence, but that's not changing their direction. That's not changing their opposition and rebellion against God. See, my friends, he says, if you're going to say you have faith, it needs to be shown with your works. We need to quit living contradictory lives. So here's the pronouncement he makes. He makes a pronouncement in verse 47. Look at what he says. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. What's he saying here? A couple of things. Number one, there needs to be a conscious decision. You've got to make a decision. Folks, when you come in here on Sunday and we worship and you hear the songs that we're singing, I mean, Brad introduced a new song today, We Cry Out. We cry out for your mercy. We cry out for your grace. That was a really upbeat song. But the rea- do you listen to what the words are saying? It's a, word, it's a song of confession. It's a song of acknowledgement. It's a song of decision. Jesus, I need you. We've sinned against you. 
Here's what Jesus is saying in this verse, verse 47. He said, whoever comes to me and listens to my word and does them, he's talking about a decision being made here, a conscious decision, not just to come to him, but to hear what he's saying and do what he's saying. There has to be a conscious decision. You can't come into a place like this and hear God's word and not be faced with a decision week in, week out. You're going to be faced with something. And it's not even the decision necessarily that I want to lead you in. A lot of you, you sit here and God speaks to you about something completely different than what I'm talking about. You've got a decision to make. You've got a choice to make. It's a conscious decision. That's what Jesus is calling us to. A conscious decision. You've got to do something with Him. Don't just say, Lord, Lord, and don't do it. You've got to make a decision. That's what He's saying here. There has to be a conscious decision. And here's the reality of it. That decision will be revealed. Jesus says that, look at verse 47, whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you what he's like. He says, look, the guy who comes to me and decides to follow me, I can show you something about him. You don't have to wonder about that person. His life is going to reveal his decision. My friends, your life's going to reveal your decision. You say, well, I haven't made a decision yet. Still thinking about it. That in itself is a decision. It's either yes or no. There's no weights. There's no plateaus. There's no give me a moment. You, ever, you like that one? I hear that one all the time as a dad. Hey, I need you to do this. Give me a moment. Have you ever noticed that with children, minutes last hours? It's not that way with God, friends. It's either yes or no. When He speaks to you, when He shows you something from His Word, when he, he, he communicates to your heart what it is that He is telling you to do, there's a decision that has to be made. And it's either yes or no. It's no maybe, no wait a minute. This is what Jesus is saying. And it's going to be revealed. You say, what do you mean it's going to be revealed? Your life is going to reflect what your decision is. Look, they already know it. We already talked about it, didn't we? People outside of the church say the church is filled with what? Hypocrites. Why? Because they look at the lives that we live. They look at what we're saying on one hand and they look how we are on another hand. They look at what we say. I mean, you know, tracks are great. Hand out tracks. Can I be honest with you? But if you're in a restaurant and you don't like the way the waitress is doing and you give her raspberries, don't leave a track. Don't leave a track. If you can't treat her right, don't you leave a track and tell her that Jesus wants to treat her right. Your life's going to reveal where you're really at. And lip service means nothing. In fact, isn't what this is titled? More than lip service, isn't it? You know, he goes on and he says then, here's what the foundation of our life needs to be. Look at verse 48 and 49. He gives the illustration of two different people. One who builds his house on a sure foundation built upon the rock, and one who just builds a house without no foundation. I want you to see what he's saying here. Number one, he tells us, look at verse 48 and 49, but he is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock, and when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently against the house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock, but he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of the house was great. Here's what he's saying. First of all, obedience results in a strong foundation. Folks, you want to shore up your life? 
You want to be secure in your life. You want, to, you want to shore up your life in your walk with God. Can I tell you how to do it? It isn't reading the Bible all the time. It isn't praying all the time. It's doing what He said. Period. Do you understand? Because here's the thing. You can read and God will speak to you and show you something. You can pray and God will speak to you and show you something. But if you don't do it, doesn't matter how much you read and how much you pray. In fact, James says that. James talks about the man who goes to the Word and he doesn't. He hears, but he doesn't do. He says he's like a man who goes to the mirror and looks in the mirror and sees his face and then walks away and forgets what he saw. That's the reality of our lives. See, obedience will bring about a strong foundation. Jesus said, listen to what he says in verse 40, 48 there. He says that the man who listens to his word and who does it who follows him is like a guy who's building a house on a foundation that's laid on rock. You've got to be obedient to him. And then he goes on and says, this provides security against the storms of life. See, a guy who does what Jesus says, and again, let me remind you, what is he talking about here? He's not talking about a bunch of man-made rules and stuff. He's talking about verse 27 all the way through verse 45. He's talking about simple things, like loving your enemy. You say, well, that's not simple. I understand that. He talks about not judging others. He talks about giving. He talks about being merciful. He talks about your life being an aid to others. So simply he's saying, if you build your life on obedience in these areas, you're going to provide a security in your life so that when... The stuff of life is thrown at you, and believe me, folks, it will be thrown at you. Believe me, it will, won't it? Bills will happen. Sicknesses will happen. Pink slips happen. Folks, you know, I, let me just stop for a moment. I, you know, I've been in this area, I've been in this community nine years. I've been in the Pennsylvania area now on and off for 17. And you, you, would, you know, when I first came here, you thought it couldn't get any worse. You know what I'm talking about, folks? When you look at our community, because a lot of you remember when things were good around here, when there were jobs, and, and it just can't get any worse. This last year, it's getting worse. People are getting laid off. People can't find work. It's getting worse, folks. What's going to provide security in the midst of that? I'm going to tell you who it isn't. It isn't the government. It's God. But what does He want from us? How do, I, how do I find that security? It's right here. Obedience. It builds a foundation against whatever life will throw at you. It builds a foundation so that when the storms of life hit you, you're secure because you have Jesus and you're walking with Him. And He strengthens you in the midst of the junk that goes on. Do you see what I'm saying? See, obedience isn't just because you've got to obey. Obedience is because He knows what we need for our lives and for our well-being, and He knows what life will throw at you. He goes on, He talks about the other person. The guy who, who, who quote, follows Jesus but doesn't do what he, what he says. Jesus says it's like a guy who goes out and builds a house. I mean, think about it. He's building a house near a riverbank, and he builds a house. He doesn't even build a foundation. He just kind of builds the house. And, of course, the storms come and the river raises up. And let me remind you of something. We're talking about Palestine where they have rainy seasons. 
and a little bitty stream becomes this torrential river with the rain. When all of that rain just washes out of there into this, and, 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 it can, and it's a deadly thing. And here's a guy, he builds a house there in the desert, near the bank, because, you know, he's got a nice little stream, Look, maybe it looks good, and everything's okay, and beautiful scene. Then the rains come, and boom, his whole house is gone. In fact, notice how Jesus describes him here. Look at verse 20. And the ruin of that house, he's talking about that person's life, was great. Disobedience results in a weak foundation. Look, folks, if you're not going to be obedient to God and what He tells you and Jesus and what He tells you, and again, let me remind you, He's just talking about these issues here. In this passage, He's talking about the issues in chapter 6. You weaken the foundation of your life. And when stuff happens, and it will, which is the next point, what am I saying here? They will be overwhelmed by the storms of life. Have you ever noticed that? You know, when you're around church for a while, and you're around church folk for a while, you, you quickly realize there are two types of people. You know what I'm saying? Listen to me. You quickly realize that there are two types of people in church, two types of Christians. There are those who, in the midst of the storm, they're standing strong. They don't understand it, but they have a strength, an inner strength that just carries them through the problem. They don't like the problem. They're not happy with the problem. They even shed tears for the problem. But they have a sure foundation that carries them through the problem. You ever met that? I've seen that many times. There's another type of folk, though, that's in church that calls themselves Christians, and here's the problem. Is that when the storms of life come and there's problems, it's like their whole world is turned upside down, and guess what? They try to turn my world upside down with their problems. And they're like, oh, it's the end of the world. And, and they go from, listen, here's what happens. They go from one crisis to the other. Devastated. And then eventually some of them just get angry with God. Like it's His fault. But you know what, folks? It isn't His fault. They had the choice to build a foundation that was strengthened. But they made the choice not to. And Jesus said great was their fault. I think if you thought about it for a while, if you've been in church for a while, you could say, yeah, I know exactly what he's talking about. I've seen it. Maybe you're here, and it was your life. So, okay, George, we're wrapping up the Sermon on the Mount here. How do we apply this? Let me give you three thoughts. First one's a tough one, but I need to ask it. Is your life a contradiction? Is your life a contradiction? Are you good at saying one thing but living another thing? Now, here, 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 here's another way of putting it. If you don't like that one, here's, here, you might like this one. Are you a hypocrite? I mean, that's, that's the question, isn't it? When you look at you, when you look at you as you go about your day, when you leave here, because let's, let's be honest, folks. I mean, let's be honest, okay? When we come to church, you know, we try to look nice and... And, and we got our best behavior on it. And you might be driving in here mad and because of something how you're late. You never notice that everything breaks loose on Sunday morning. You ever notice that? It does in my house. And uh, so you know, you're driving in. You're, you're angry. You're mad and whatever. And you go, hi. Hi. There's somebody over there that just did you wrong. Oh, love you. Then you leave here. You can't believe I saw that person. Ah. Can't believe George said that. Oh. 
Can't believe they scheduled that on that weekend and they expect me to be there. Ah. And then you go about your week. Ah. Everybody else sees it. Is your life a contradiction? Is it? Look, folks, we've got to get real with ourselves. You know, the chances are, let's be honest with ourselves, the chances are, yes. Let's quit deceiving ourselves. Let's, oh, no, yeah, maybe that guy over there, but I know I'm okay. No, you're not. If you think that, you're definitely not. Is your life a contradiction? This is what Jesus is asking ourselves. Look, folks, verse 46 is something, really, can I be honest with you? Here's your homework assignment. Verse 46, think about it all week. Meditate on what Jesus is saying here. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do these things that I'm telling you? I mean, just me saying that that way makes me sound like a kid, me having a discussion with my children. Why don't you do what I'm telling you? That's what Jesus is sounding like. It's an in-your-face statement, isn't it? Brings up the next question then. What decision does your life reveal? So you've got to make a decision. Your life is going to reveal your decision. Your life is going to reveal whether or not you truly are following Him or not. Whether you're just giving lip service or not. The fact of the matter is your life reveals it. Period. One of the wonderful things about my relationship with Lori is she can read me like a book. I wish it was different, but it isn't. Because I wear my feelings on my sleeves, and so I, I can't even. You ever notice how you have try, some of you like to surprise your wife with stuff? Doesn't work in my house, guys. I can't keep a secret. She knows what's going on, and that's you know what I'm talking about is the way it is in my home. But that's the way it is in our Christian lives, my friends. Your life reveals what's truly going on inside of you. You can't keep secrets about your life. It's exposed. It's right out there in the open. Everybody else sees it. Maybe you're blind to it, but everybody else sees it. Don't do this. Don't go home and ask your spouse. George Wright, you may not want to hear what they have to say. Just take my word. Your life reveals your decision about God. Period. What's it revealing? What decision does your life reveal? And so here's what I would say. final thing I would say is this. This is what Jesus is encouraging us. Sure up the foundation of your life with obedience. Sure up the foundation of your life. Sure up the foundation of your life with being obedient. Obedient to what, George? The list of rules. Don't go here. Don't go do this. Dress this way. Dress that. No, I'm not talking about that. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not in the Bible. Let's just start off small. Let's just start off with what he says in verse 26 through verse 46. Wow. Love your neighbors. Show mercy. Don't judge. Give. Be there for each other. That in itself is enough, is it not? I mean, if we... Listen, folks, think about that. If, if all we did for the rest of our lives was just focus on those issues in those 20 verses, guess what? We'd have a lot to do, wouldn't we? In fact, dressing right, not going to the right places, seems easy compared to what Jesus is asking me to do. 
But see, here's the thing. If you want to shore up the foundation of your life, if you want to be secure in your life no matter what life throws at you, and believe me, folks, it's going to throw at you. The way to do it is to be obedient to what He tells you to do. Be obedient. And you say, well, I'm going to try. I don't know that I can do it. He will help you do it because He's the one who calls you to do it. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.